You're listening to the Remax Hustle Podcast, brought to you by Remax of Western Canada. Well, welcome to the Remax Hustle Podcast. My name is Wade Patterson. I'm a franchise coordinator with Remax of Western Canada, and I'm your host for this audio experience. The Remax Hustle Podcast is all about providing you with value by leveraging the knowledge and expertise of our Remax network. On this episode, I'm joined by Deborah Moore, owner and manager of the Remax offices in Summerland, Penticton, and Usoyus, BC. Deborah, who is a dynamic, take charge go getter, was Remax of Western Canada's multi office broker owner of the year in 2016. Deborah has given back significantly to the industry throughout her 30 year real estate career and is currently an instructor with the BC Real Estate Association and serves as a director for the South Okanagan Real Estate Board. When she's away from the office, Deborah enjoys traveling, entertaining, and wine tasting. Deborah, welcome to the Remax Hustle podcast. Thank you, Wade. I'm glad to be here. So what originally led you down the path of a career in real estate? Well, I met somebody who was in the industry. Um, Let me think back now. It's a long time ago. I was uh, attending university, studying my degree for my degree in business. And I met this person and I was watching what they were doing. And I was just so interested and I found it so fascinating and I quickly figured out that the real estate industry was the type of business that I wanted to work within. And then so where has that career taken you over the years? Well, I started off with as a sales associate uh, working. I started with Remax back in 88 and quickly figured out that I really had a knack for securing multi-unit contracts long-term with developers, builders. So I specialized in new home construction, had some licensed uh, ladies as my assistant, had a partner, and um, just really enjoyed selling. I'm kind of, I'm one of those people who likes to know how things work. So I often became the go-to person in my office. And I noticed sometimes there was flaws in systems or training. And I tried to help out with the local real estate board. And next thing you know, I was offered a position as a manager. You purchased the Penticton Remax franchise in 2014. What enticed you to take that step? Well, um, you know, it's, it's an interesting question because I certainly was enjoying working with the folks down at Remax Kelowna, and I had a great thing going on, just as I did back in Windsor, where I'm first from, in Ontario. I had a great thing going on. I just I saw an opportunity, and when an opportunity presents itself, sometimes you just have to walk through the door. And I decided to make that transition to working for myself, a little bit more directly for myself. What were some of the initial challenges you found taking that step? The initial challenges, I, what, I didn't even live in that local market. And my son, who was living at home, was just finishing his degree in engineering, and I didn't want to displace him. So for a year and a half, I did the drive. So t- time was a bit of a challenge. Also working in a small market where you're not known by the local realtors or even your realtors was a little (laughs) bit challenging. We had to find some time to um, get to know each other. Other challenges. 
Well, the entire office needed um, updating. So that was a bit of a challenge. So I'm interested in this because, I mean, going from Ontario to Kelowna and then, of course, Kelowna and focusing on Penticton, you had that challenge a couple times of, as you said, kind of embedding yourself in the community and realizing that. Are there any tips that you'd give or any advice for, for somebody who's maybe entering a new market, whether it's a broker or an agent, of how they start to get the feel of the community? I think that's a great question. And I certainly, as a new agent, remember how hard I work to get my name out there and start to make new connections, networking. One of the things I did was I joined Toastmasters. And every Monday night for three years, I went to a Toastmaster meeting. And there was lots of Monday nights where I was tired and had, I could think of other things to do. But I made a commitment that that was one of the many networking activities that I would embark upon to become better known. So I would encourage someone looking to break into a new market to to jam-pack their schedule full of networking opportunities. And, And I mean good ones. They're not all good networking opportunities. You need an opportunity where you can build one-on-one relationships, and that's not always available in different events. So you have to pick the right format. Well, you clearly had success as you more than tripled the agent count in two years. Why do you think it was that you were able to attract so many agents to your office in Penticton? Well, that's a big question. (laughs) It's not a one-word answer. Um, I guess I'll tell you a bit about our story. When I acquired the firm, we had nine agents, and um, the firm had been around for uh, 20 plus years, so well embedded in the community and well known. Uh, The previous owners were also selling, which is not my business model. I'm a non-competing broker. And the reason I've chose that model, Wade, is because I just found that Sometimes when you try to be um, the master of all, it just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to have my focus purely on the brokerage and my agents, um, being in the agent services business. So I wanted to focus just on that. So the first thing I did was um, revamp our operation the physical space, um, all of the infrastructure, all of the equipment, our website, our marketing materials. And um, then I took a look around the group of agents that I was blessed to have acquired and saw what their needs were and made sure that they were all as productive and working at optimal uh, pace as they could be. And once I had my own house in order, then I started recruiting and meeting with other agents. And that wasn't easy at the beginning. Um, my main competitor is Royal Page, and they've been a number one uh, contender for market share in more than for more than three decades. So I had my work cut out for me for sure. I had a tough time at first getting those agents to even meet with me. And rightfully so. You you know, they were probably thinking, who are you and why should I? I have everything that I need and things are going good and why should I make a change? 
So I changed my strategy a bit and decided uh, that the way to attract other professionals to our brokerage would be to maybe focus on other smaller brokerages that I felt now comfortable competing against. And we built, we did that and we were successful and we built up our forces so that now our market share has gone from, I think, 10 to 12% is where it was uh, when I acquired the firm to 27% now. So now I'm a real market contender, close to one in three. And that's kind of our goal. So the question, it's a bit of a long story, but the question is, how did I attract the other agents? I think the answer is, first, I made sure that my house was in order, our brokerage firm was in order. I made sure that our agents were taken care of, because I truly believe they're my best advertisement. Their success is our success. And, um, and I know my potential recruits are talking to my agents and they're asking, how are things going? So I wanted to make sure that my agents felt comfortable saying things were going great. So that's kind of how we started out. Interested in learning more about a career in real estate? Head over to joinremax.ca. You then took on Summerland and eventually Usoyus. What kinds of challenges did you experience in each of those markets? The Summerland and Asoyus market are very small markets, 5,000 and less than 10,000 in population. So um, one of the unique challenges I faced was a very small recruiting pool. And um, so that, that presents a bit of a challenge. I know that I can only grow those offices so large. So that was one of the um, challenges I shared at both markets. Another challenge would kind of be, uh, I might express as economies of scale. They're, these are very small offices. I can only afford as a business person to offer certain things. And that was one of the reasons why I decided to acquire these other offices um, by having a group of a few companies now, because of the economies of scale, I can do things that I couldn't normally do with just one firm. For instance, um, I have a main administrator who can work with my staff at the smaller brokerage firm. So I have that type of expertise that can travel from office to office. When I hire a high quality speaker to talk about production or sales techniques or profitability with my agents, I couldn't have done that with just one firm, but when I'm able to spread the cost over three firms, then it makes it a little easier for me to do. And I want to continue on that, that subject of bringing in a speaker and, and the side of training, because I mentioned in the bio, you're an instructor with the BC Real Estate Association. How have you incorporated education and training within your own offices, and is that something you feel is important? I do feel education and training is important way, definitely. And personally, I subscribe to the philosophy of lifelong learning. And I, I promote that within our brokerage firms. I think we can all get better and better at what we do and find new and more interesting ways of presenting our services and 
helping our clients acquire or dispose of real estate. So uh, lifelong learning is something I promote most definitely. How that plays out in our office is um, we promote the Momentum program. I do like to bring in high-quality speakers, uh, which I find very um, well-received by our sales associates. Another thing, I, I like to dig a little deeper, and I always have an offer an educational at our, our regular monthly sales meetings. So there's a sales tip, a technology tip, a compliance reminder <laughs> that everybody likes, and of course, some sort of educational piece component to that. So I'm, uh, and, and also I try to organize uh, with other offices opportunities where we can get together, network, and learn something. I've heard some of your agents comment on the fact that you're a very good communicator. You communicate with them well. So in terms of communication, do you have any tips that you'd like to share to maybe brokers or managers who might be listening to this episode of the podcast? Well, I think everybody has their own communication style, Wade. Mine is more direct. I'm a bottom line person and it's, it's, you know, we all know our flaws and our strengths. And one of my strengths is that I get things done, which is conversely my flaw. I can often go a little faster than uh, perhaps others can follow. So I've learned to slow down a little bit and tailor my communication to my audience. I think quality and quantity, I do like to stay in touch with my agents. It can be as simple as um, the old school way of walking around my brokerage firm. So I make sure I physically walk around my offices pretty much daily. And it gives me an opportunity to touch base with our sales associates and see what they're working on and ask how their deal is going and, um, and touch base with them and make sure everything's going well in their lives and with their families. And um, also we do our monthly sales meeting and, and I try to make them engaging. Exciting might be a strong word, but we, we use we, it is a sales meeting after all. But we use music and we have a PowerPoint presentation and we try to have a little bit of fun and laughs along the ways. And, and of course, I give food. Food is a big, a big draw for agents. Food and, of course, wine in the South <laughs> Okanagan. We're big on wine. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, and office culture seems to be a word that's thrown around quite a bit these days. What do you think beyond what you just mentioned there in terms of the, the structure of some of your sales meetings? What do you think is the key to a positive office culture? I think there's a few things that play into a positive office culture. For myself, handpicking my agents was um, a big step towards ensuring I have a positive culture. I shied away from difficult agents that perhaps had a reputation for being difficult. I think you get to a point in your life and in your career where you get to choose with whom you spend your time. That was how I started out, was handpicking some really great people. So that makes a big difference. I think also the, the attitude of the leadership and the staff make a, a big difference. 
I try to be positive. Um, our culture, it's actually part of our recruiting materials. We talk about our culture as positive, professional, and productive. And I think another way of being positive is to make sure everyone is productive. When people are productive, they have less time to be moping and complaining. I also try to promote the philosophy of abundance within our brokerage firms, which has really taken hold, I feel, in our culture. Uh, our agents are very collaborative. Uh, they understand that um, sharing a listing or cooperating or referring a buyer to another team member, that it all has a way of coming back to them. And there's an abundance of business to be done. And even if our competitors are doing well, that means our industry is doing well. And that's a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. And since this is the Remax Hustle podcast, Deborah, we like to end every episode with a hustle tip. So what is your Remax Hustle tip for accomplishing a task when you need to get something done? I would say... The uh, my tip would be to employ the power of decisiveness in your business and perhaps even in your personal life. Whether you're a broker trying to um, grow your brokerage, or you're an agent trying to grow your business, or whether even just personally or professionally, we all are faced with a myriad of decisions every day. And uh, it's been my experience that a lot of people have difficulty making decisions. What is that? Uh, fear of missing out? <laughs> I FOMO. Think that, well, there's a faux mode, fear of miss making a decision ah. as well. So I think a lot of people get bogged down with the minutiae instead of just um, quickly analyze, you know, gather your data, analyze it and make the de best decision you can make with the facts you have before you and move on. I see a lot of agents getting hung up with what sort of uh, client management system they should employ, what their business card should look like. I'll just tell you this, Wade. I don't know how many people are listening, but I, I sit in often on our, in our onboarding meetings with our management team with new agents joining and i see i hear them fretting and going back and forth about their card design or their new logo branding and um i didn't have a business card for two years the first two years that i ran my brokerage firm i was just too busy to get around to ordering cards so it's a little embarrassing but i share that story because I want people to know these little things don't really make that much of a difference. And when I reflect back on decisions I've made decisively, very few of them, even though if I've made an incorrect decision, very few of them have significantly impacted my life in a negative way. It's not a big deal. So that's the other part about being decisive, even when it doesn't turn out the way you want it to turn out, at least you can acknowledge it, be decisive, acknowledge it, correct it, own up to it if it need be, 
change it and move on. No point second guessing or looking backwards. So definitely my uh, Remax hustle tip would be to embrace the power of decisiveness. I really like that tip. And this is the 20th episode of the podcast. And I don't think anyone has specifically said decisiveness. So a really good one to end on. Well, thank you so much, Deborah, for taking the time to share your knowledge on this episode of the Remax Hustle podcast. It was my pleasure, Wade. And that's all for this episode. We hope that you took away an idea or strategy to help grow your business and perhaps most importantly, allow you to continue that Remax Hustle. We'll catch you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Remax Hustle podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and rate this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from.